Amen. 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 Well, today is a celebration. He is risen. Oh, good job. Good job. The ushers have asked me, because uh, we are uh, filling up, if you could all scrunch a little bit together. So here, let's do it so we're not guessing, okay? Let's, this side, you all scoot to your left. This side, you all scoot to your right. And let's make a little room on the ends of our pews uh, for guests. And All right, come on, scooch, 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 scooch. You know, we're doing it because we have so many wonderful people here today. We are excited in the house today. Amen? Amen. Let's do it one more time. He is risen. risen Amen. You know, today is a celebration. And it's a celebration that has been going on for a couple of thousand years. It's a celebration of the most monumental and significant shift in the history of the world. Today we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. It's the whole purpose of what we're doing today. Actually, you know, without the resurrection, we wouldn't even be here today. There's a lot of religions in the world. There's a lot of religions outside of Christianity. Some of them worship idols. Some of them emphasize doing good for others. Some focus on the power of harnessing your inner power. Some have one God. Some have thousands. Some are ancient. Some are more recent. All of them have something in common, though. All of them have something in common. First, the followers of these religions acknowledge that there's something bigger than themselves. You know, a lot of times you'll see people that describe themselves as spiritual. I'm not Christian. I'm not, I'm not into organized religion. They're, they're into unorganized religion, apparently. I'm spiritual. It's a common thing for people in the world to say today that uh, they recognize there are elements beyond what we can see with our natural eyes. I think it's one of the reasons why uh, the, the supernatural thriller movies are so popular, or those TV shows. I think it's why they're so powerful, because movies that acknowledge the supernatural world are usually ones that do really, really well in the box office. And I think it's because it connects with people. People understand that there is something beyond themselves. It connects them with that inherent knowledge that there is more to this world than just what we see. Followers of these religions, they feel that pull. And I believe, even though the religions are false and not right, that the spiritual persuasion of these systems of belief meet a need within the people that follow them. It's a need to be part of something beyond themselves. That's the first thing that all of these religions have in common. The second thing that all of these religions have in common is that they're all dead. That's not to say they aren't growing. That's not to say that people have stopped following them. But the gods, the idols, the prophets, the leaders that have started the religions are all dead. They have all died And they're not coming back. The religions of this world are dead. But many still exist because they fill a gap 
in the lives of people. But they could never really fill that gap because they lacked the central element. They lacked the central piece that will help them connect fully with people. And that is a living God. That's the one difference in Christianity alone that makes us significant. It's the one that makes Christianity worth continuing. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus rose from the dead. And when he did, he proved himself to be greater than all of the other religious figures and supposed gods in existence. But what makes Jesus' resurrection even more meaningful is why he was in the tomb to begin with. The message of Easter begins with an element of such simplicity that it could be easily missed. The message of Easter begins with love. Probably one of the most televised verses in the world. You see it all over the place at sporting events. What do you see? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I love how the message says it. John 3.16. It says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. See, because of God's great love, he made a way for us to be part of a living relationship with him. Let us always remember that the message of Easter began with love. Your 
Why do I always hold myself back from reaching you? Why am I my own anchor when I stretch my hands towards your truth? When you gave it all, your throne, your divinity, for my shame, and you looked at the weight of my sins, put it on your back, and you shouldered my blame, and you look at me so forgiving, like I'm one of your sons, and I met your gaze, and I asked myself, with this life you've given me, what have I done? Everywhere I go, I make sure your name is upheld and defended. But at the same time, I constantly fail to live life the way you have intended. I trip, I fall, and I stumble. I crack under all the pressure, and I crumble. And when the blessings took too long, that's when I went wrong. And then I started reaching for riches and the affection of girls instead of reaching for the love and satisfaction from the Savior of this world. And emotions were hurled. And I said things I should never again say. And if I had not spent my entire life at Calvary, I should have forgotten how to pray. The anger should have made me forget what his words said. And the pain should have made me forget how his presence feels. But God gave himself for all of my foolishness. And by his stripes, I am healed. So God, I ask you to show me your unrelenting mercy on this day. To left every burden, fault, and shortcoming so that you may cast it away. And do away with anything in my life that does not please you. And help me overcome every habit and addiction in my quest to seeking your truth. Teach me to pray when I wake up and how to call on you in every situation. And help me represent you, not only in my speech, but in my daily operations. Help me to live my life according to your intended design. So that I may give all of myself to you. And put my love on the line. The greatest of all. 
You know, a lot of religions will tell you that if you're good enough or if you gather enough good feelings or karma, when you come back, you can have another shot at a better life. Some tell you that if you follow the right rules or if you're pious enough, then you'll make it to heaven. And I'm here to tell you that's not the message of Easter. Easter and the resurrection of Jesus has nothing to do with your ability to live a holy and perfect life. Actually, it's just the opposite. The message of Easter is that God loves us and sent his son to do something we cannot do on our own. It all started with love. But because of the sin in our lives and this world, we became separated from God. Romans 5, 8, it tells us, But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use to him. Here's what it said. Hear hear what it is said. It said, God put his love on the line for us. We had nothing to offer him. We had nothing to give him. We could not pay our way out of hell. We couldn't do it. All that God wants from us is an intimate relationship with him. But the only way that was going to happen was if somebody paid the price. If somebody paid the price and it was paid for with this. This is what made the way for us to find that relationship. We couldn't pay the price on our own, but there was a sacrifice that was needed, and it was a sacrifice that was given freely. Isaiah 53 tells us, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. 
like one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearer, shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. God took a risk on all of us. He put his love on the line for us. Not because we did something special, but because that is who God is. God is love.
I so appreciate our, our young people participating, being involved in ministry. By dying on the cross and rising from the grave three days later, Jesus paid the price for our sin. He made it possible for each and every one of us to come into a personal relationship with Jesus. Without that sacrifice, it wouldn't have been possible. I don't know if you've ever had a debt that you felt crushed by. I don't know if you've ever had a debt that you just didn't see any way out of. Jesus made sure that the biggest debt we faced was not there for us in the end. He willingly paid it, but even more than paying a debt, that would have been sufficient just to pay the debt that we owed. But more than just paying the debt, Jesus made us part of a greater family. Do you understand what he did? You're all born into a family. Maybe yours is wonderful and loving. Maybe, maybe yours is less than ideal. Maybe you grew up as an only child. Maybe you grew up in a big family. Maybe your family fractured along the way. We all have different histories and families. But when Jesus came to this world, God did something that is beyond our imagination. He did not just send Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and forgive the debt that we could have never paid on our own. He made us heirs to heaven. He made us co-heirs with Christ. For God so loved the world that he sent his son and he made us heirs to the same inheritance. Romans 8 says, For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. And daughters. Don't forget that. We're not leaving the women out. Sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And that makes you a slave again to fear. Oh, I'm sorry. And that, by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. It's the thread in the gospel. God loved us so much that he sent his son. God loved us so much that he took a risk on us. God loved us so much that he sacrificed Jesus on the cross for our sins. And God loved us so much that he made us sons and daughters and heirs.
heirs, joint co-heirs with Christ. We are heirs to the kingdom of heaven because of God's love. This is the thread of the gospel. The, the way was made possible through the sacrifice on the cross, but wrapped around that nail is the love of God. That is the thread of the gospel. The scarlet thread of the gospel is God's love for us. Jesus shows us the thread of love in John 15. It says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's command and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be complete in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me. This is powerful. You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. Here's how it works. God loves us. We love God. God loves us. We love this is the scarlet thread of love running throughout the story of the Gospels. This is the message of Easter. God loves us so that we can love others. It's a matchless love. It's a boundless love. It is a never-ending love. thought I was worth saving, so you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping, so you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for, so you sacrificed your life, so I could be free, so I could be whole. So I could tell everyone I know. You thought I was worth saving. So you came. So you came and changed my you life. You thought I was worth saving. So you cleaned me up so inside. You, cleaned me up inside. you thought I was you
So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. Oh, oh. you thought I was to die for. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed your life so I could be free. We pray that you have heard the message of God's love that has been sown throughout this service today. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I have a son. He showed up today and I'm so excited. But I don't know that I could lay him down. And I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't know that I could send him knowing he would die. But God did that. He sent his son to die for you and me. So I pray that that message has been received this morning. And if you wouldn't mind, you can stand with us for this last song, and then Pastor Spencer's going to come back and conclude the matter. And I'm, I'm sure you know it, and I'm sure you can sing it with us. Amen? Amen. for me. 
morning, we've talked about the message of Easter. Let me be seated. You know, and it can be overwhelming when we think of a love that is so pure and so complete. We could feel unworthy and undeserving of it. And you know what? We all. We don't deserve God's love. But he still gave it to us. And the question that is asked is, what if I make God mad and he stops loving me? Maybe you have relationships in your life that you've lost. Maybe you have relationships in your life that are fractured or broken. And oftentimes when we start thinking about love, we start evaluating it based upon those kinds of experiences. But here's what I'm here to tell you today. Do you know what can separate you from God's love? Nothing. Nothing. It was given freely. And it will always be there. The Word of God, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all of these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angel nor demon, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What can come between us and the love of Christ? Nothing. Accept our choice. Have you ever felt like you were your own worst enemy? You keep making decisions that send you down the wrong road or cause lots of tr trouble for you. And you say, why can't I just get out of my own way? When we make the choice to not accept the love of Christ, we could not get in our way any more than that. Nothing can separate us from God's love, but we can make the choice to not accept it. And when we make that choice, we are literally denying ourselves the greatest gift that God has ever given the world. The message of Easter is this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son for you. God risked hurt, humiliation, and disappointment by giving us a choice as to whether or not we will accept his love. But even without the certainty that we would return his love, Jesus still suffered and died on the cross, defeated death in the grave and rose three days later to leave a path open for us to experience the deepest 
and purest love known. A love beyond anything we can imagine. He took his pain and suffering and wrapped it in his love. He took his pain and suffering and wrapped it in his love. But we still have to make a choice to receive it. You may be sitting here today, you've heard this message of love, and you've been left wondering, is this really for me? At our Good Friday service, one of our our saints came and said, she was just overwhelmed with, why would he do it for me? Why would he do it for me? The answer is, because that's who God is. God is love. And so you may be sitting here this morning and saying, is this really for me? And the answer is yes. That's the message of Easter, is that God's love is for you. Regardless of what you've done in life, Regardless of how dirty you might think you are, how unworthy you believe yourself to be, God loves you totally and completely. And the question this morning is whether you will receive that love.